Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Talksport. Hello and welcome to our World Cup Podcast. Back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And today we'll be looking back on all four of today's games, including Saudi Arabia's shock victory over Argentina. And off the back of that seismic result, we'll cross to a stunned Buenos Aires. And we'll be in Mexico with our man Jeff Peters to see what they made of that draw with Poland. He's over there on holiday, you know. Well, a recurring theme, Andy, mm. in the two podcasts we've, we've brought the nation is how many games you've managed to take in on any given day. Now, today was really testing. It was a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, it was, it was difficult. Four commentaries, four live games starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, only just finished. So uh, how'd you get on? Well, today I watched 30, the first half hour of Argentina and I thought, they're in charge here, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I thought, you know, basically Saudi Arabia should have sent Newcastle. It was their only chance. And then I had to go out and I was on my way to uh, Squires Garden Centre in Twickenham. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, lovely. And, uh, what yes. are you after? Just to fill us in, what were you looking to buy? <laughs> no, Sue, had, she has this group for, for her speech, for her therapy. And they, yeah. they, they've always been Zoom. It's always been on Zoom. But they met today in person. And we're that's, better than the Squires Garden Centre. Absolutely, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. So I, I listened to Talk Sport 2 in my oh, car, yeah. which I've been to her car, actually. And it's uh, the commentary. So it was really exciting. So I heard yeah. the, the, the end of it. And, of course, that's the goal. What yes. a goal. What we'll a come goal. to that. And uh, yeah. then I didn't bother with, um, what was the next one? Denmark. Tunisia, Tunisia. Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't bother <laughs> no, with I that. I didn't bother all. with that. <laughs> it didn't okay. even pass. I didn't even look at the score. It was nil nil, wasn't it? It then, was nil nil. Yeah. Then the, I watched the second half of Mexico. Yeah. I was glad I hadn't really watched the first half. It wasn't that bad. And then I watched France against Australia. So that was it. Oh, okay. Not bad. Uh, well, I generally feel you in on Denmark, Tunisia. I watched the second yeah, half of that. Yeah. There's been a couple of sort of contentious uh, things been going on in the yeah. uh, tournament. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. Um, Tunisia I were did. the best team in the first half. Denmark was slightly better in the second half. Schmeichel made a pretty good save at the end of the first half. and kept them out. Very good save, actually. Um, Ericsson, they've got this weird um, routine, Denmark. They've, you know, normally you get like an arm in the air. Before a player yeah, takes yeah, a yeah. corner, they put the arm in the air. yeah. yeah. They've got some weird things going on. Just before he took one of the corners, Ericsson does like a cross arms, like he's a West Ham fan. It's a bit weird for an ex-Tottenham player. So he crossed his arms and that meant deep one because it went, oh, yeah. it was either misplaced yeah. or it went in very deep. So 
That was the only interesting thing that came out. Oh, really? They brought in the cold, dead hand of Peter Wharton at the end because oh, no. it was a contentious decision. And he wears black when he's even in the... He's the man in black when he's... They even haven't in taken him out to Qatar. Um, I know he's sitting in a cupboard somewhere. I don't know if he's doing it here. In, imagine That's if it's not going to happen. If it's not air-conditioned like the stadiums, he'd have a real sweat on, wouldn't it? Uh, he would. It's see, a problem uh, for him. But anyway, that was essentially mm. it. We, there was a, a, um, a penalty. They thought we had, we had a referee... Um, you know, we had, we had, we had sort of some big potential penalty at the end of the game, which, uh, for handball, but that was it. That was, uh, that was that game. And the next, you said you didn't watch. You didn't well, I'm, watch I'm just Mexico looking at my notes, Poland. whether I saw anything in Mexico. Uh, oh yes. I have made some notes about Mexico okay. versus, uh, Poland. Yes. It was a penalty. You'll be pleased to know. You think it was a penalty? Oh yeah. We'll talk to Mark about this. Oh I yeah, that's that true. Um, we got a handful of shirts. I think handfuls <laughs> of shirts in this World yeah. Cup. They've got a real thing. Mm. Uh, they seem well, I think you could go on and punch someone full square in the face. But if you pull <laughs> their shirt, it's definitely going to be a penalty. Because I yeah. thought we looked a bit 50-50 in the tussle with Lewandowski. But as soon as you see him pull the shirt, well, that's that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought it was a penalty anyway. I've got today's one for the teenagers. Oh, well, oh yeah. I can Go talk on. to Jeff about this because Jeff was watching it. So I don't know why we were, <laughs> Jeff Peters was watching this in Mexico. Okay. So. And I'll give you my one for the teenagers there. And um, <laughs> this, is good, yeah. this is like a preview section. <laughs> it kind of is. This is some of the stuff we'll be talking about. Oh, later. yes. I've got something I've noted. Yes. That victory for Saudi today was a great reward for the Saudi fan. I don't know if you saw this. He walked 55 days across the desert wow. to be there. Unfortunately, he couldn't get in because of FIFA's ticketing system. Really? That's really sad, actually. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no. Or have you slightly embellished? No, I just made that. Uh, the, the actual 55 days was true. I wouldn't make that up. That was actually true. There was a lot of pieces the last in the part paper. wasn't. No, the last part. There's a lot of stuff in the papers today about um, people, uh, you know, pulling sickies or where they watched the England games. And oh, yeah. it's very much in this country, it's all about pints drunk. I don't know if you saw this Newcastle's <laughs> fan zone, 8,000 pints were drunk by full time. Congratulations. In addition to 100, uh, 1,111 cans of lager and a dozen bottles of Jägermeister. So we do, we do like to measure how much we enjoy a game in alcohol in this country, of course. And some of the things that were called off were, uh, were a, a coroner postponed an inquest um, really? yeah, in Wakefield. Said, I'm aware of the decision won't be to everybody's taste, but hopefully those who are in favour of the decision outnumber those who aren't. I mean, there was one keeper. Yeah, that's rugby league town, Wakefield, isn't it? What do no. they care? Yeah. But um, maybe up the Calvin Phillips might come on. <laughs> but um, I was just thinking, they probably worked on the basis, whoever it was was going to be dead hour and a half later. So they might as well just watch <laughs> well, the game. That's very true, really. <laughs> one of your relatives, you wouldn't be too impressed, would you, really? So... Uh, uh, one bloke not watching the World Cup tonight was a bloke I follow on Twitter called at Chelsea Youth. Oh, yeah. He, he preferred the joys of the EFL trophy round two tie between Chelsea's development squad and Peterborough. Oh. And uh, yes, it was available what, for than Mbappe and Griezmann. Yeah, and... Exactly. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Each to their own. Yeah. That's true. Jonathan Pierce mentioned the dual carriageways. Yeah, that's true. You have to say that is poor planning. I know I was banging on about it last night, but I'm yeah. not happy. And um, what else have we got? Oh, that goal. That goal was such a brilliant goal, the winning goal. Yeah, I the thought, Saudi game, yeah. I can imagine him in 10 years' time doing a Phoenix from the Flames with Ellis and Matt on that yeah. goal. Yeah, whoever's taken over for the, for the it was one of those. incarnation it of it. Was it was brilliant. 
was an absolute corker. They were both great goals. They're both very well taken. And then just for a moment, you thought when Australia at the post and you thought, well, could they get back into this? But as soon as the third goal went in, of course, oh, no. this evening, that was that. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson Irvin can definitely yes. get a part in the new neighbours. Like with a tash and the thing. Working in Lucas's garage, I've got him, I've got him down. You got him a part of you? Oh, good. Okay. Have, yeah. One thing we haven't seen at this World Cup yet are the, can I have your shirt signs? And considering all the stars that are on show, I was looking, all the Mbappe signs were, mm. you know, none of them said, Mbappe, can I have your shirt? So maybe it's a typically British thing. I don't know. Begging for people's shirts. <laughs> they, don't to be they don't have to beg in Qatar. <laughs> That's true. It does, they can buy a match-worn one. They can it afford it. It doesn't seem to be a problem there. Does it? Uh, but good, good news for Puga. Uh, Puga. Who's Puga? Pugach. Puga. Pugas, as I like to call him. He's just, he's just making noises. What's Mark Pugach from. Yeah, that's um, the boy, yeah. From ITV. ITV. We were saying that he does prefer the rugby. And there well, was no, a you were saying. At this point, <laughs> like, you were saying last night you think he, he, he does strike you as more of a rugger man. Well, uh, that's I mean, really. You, you've got no evidence. For that. <laughs> no, I have. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it strikes me that uh, when, he's, when Jonathan Pierce said, uh, Matt Ryan has just kicked for yardage, I thought, oh, you love that. That's he would have loved that. He would have. <laughs> he would have very much loved that. Uh, we've got a couple of general things, haven't we? Uh, we've got Ronaldo leaving United. Uh, what a massive surprise that yes, was. Terrible. It shocked us all. I'm, just, it, I'm really? just praying he doesn't rock up at Cobham. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'd be surprised. Um, Pep's going to extend his contract, isn't he? You see that? No, today? I was very disappointed. To yeah. To What's wrong with him? What happened to that thing where he used to get bored after three minutes? I know. Shouldn't he be having six months in New York? I, mean, <laughs> I agree. Go and find himself again. But he seems, he seems to like living in Manchester. Uh, this is a bit of a city sandwich because there's a lot of stories. Our own website, TalkSport reporting that, that the Glazers are going in search of further investment with a view potentially at selling the club. So there'll be some happy Whoa. Man United fans out there. That's true. So be great uh, for Roman and Bremen, he won't be able to buy it, will he? I'm not really. I don't, I don't that would be so. a very weird move, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> somebody would say something, wouldn't they, really? I have got one comment that we, that you know, sometimes you write something down and you think, that is very funny, but there's no way I could ever say it. Right. I'll save it till after the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this still goes out publicly, believe That's it or very not. True. You may not think so. So anyway, we've got, uh, we've got guests uh, joining us. Uh, this evening and we got plenty more to uh, chat about after a pretty impressive day in the one well, two good games and two not so much Hawksby and Jacobs daily World Cup podcast from Talk Sport Talk Sport Well, there we are. That was the winning goal, um, as described by the uh, Saudi commentator. Uh, understandably excited. I think we still all were. not still not as excited as John Hartson last night. No, that's true. But you know, that's a level of excitement very few people are going to match, even if you've beaten the mighty Argentina. But we were here in 1990 after the Cameroon game. I remember that well, and that felt pretty seismic at the time. And it was an odd performance by uh, Argentina, and I imagine it's not gone down too well. Uh, over there and so joining us now is um, 
a journalist based in Buenos Aires, who's been, I'm sure, recording all the former, sorry, all the fallout since the final whistle. Dan Edwards joins us. Hi, Dan. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yes. I mean, so what has it been like? I mean, I mean, first, let's just talk about the performance. You watch a lot of Argentina. Um, what would you, I mean, the expectation going into this was they would probably just roll Saudi over. What did you make of the performance? It was just a complete shock, to be honest. Um, everyone was so excited and so much expectations for this first game. Even that was on at seven in the morning here, local time. You had, you know, 20 past six, half past six. Queues going around the corners in all of uh, Buenos Aires' bakeries to get hold of some croissants, some pastry, something to uh, accompany the game with, you know, um, do a proper breakfast. And it seemed like it was all going to go to a plan, you know. Uh, Messi almost scoring two minutes in, a great save by by the guy who was really um, Saudi Arabia's hero um, in goal. And then the penalty, a little bit kind probably to Argentina, but expertly converted. And from there you think, right, they got that early goal, time to push on, and it's just going to be a case of, of counting them. And it didn't turn out like that. And, and you have to say, you know, it wasn't a vintage Argentina performance. Um, they were perhaps a little bit nervous and the goal didn't really come down. If anything, probably had the opposite effect. But, but you really have to hand it to Saudi Arabia. I thought they were absolutely fantastic and tactically and just in what them players gave and... And uh, just the commitment they showed on the pitch against um, such a prestigious opposition, it was, they really, uh, Argentina just didn't know how to handle them. They, they uh, after that goal, and despite, you know, uh, Argentina's three disallowed goals, which was pretty unique in itself, um, they really just couldn't get to grips with Saudi Arabia. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I felt the, the first disallowed goal, I, when he comes off the shoulder like that, I mean, mm. and he's 30 yards out. I've, I've said this for a few months now. You can't score with your shoulder from 30 yards out. Yeah. It's absolutely stupid rule. They need to change the law. They are right, from the six-yard box, maybe have a different criteria. But that is just ridiculous. That was a good goal. And I think it's, you know, would have yeah. been a different game. It was. I mean, the thing was, Dan, that they, they, they were kind of playing at, they felt like they always had it under control. As Andy said, he didn't even, you know, he went off, he watched the start of the game and then went off and did something else because he thought it was a yeah. foregone conclusion. And I wonder if some other players felt that as well. And when they did get back into the game, I think sometimes players can kind of see the headlines. They could imagine how people are feeling at home and they seem to freeze a bit. They didn't react in a way that you'd expect. I mean, you saw the French tonight. He just kind of got back on the horse and got on with it, having gone behind. But um, even with a goal in front, a one-all Argentina just couldn't get the intensity up again to get back into the game. No, absolutely. And a really disappointing performance. Um, uh, possibly a lot has to come down to, um, you know, what players were picked for this first game. Because all week here, we were just hearing, you know, that uh, Lautaro Martinez was struggling. You know, he didn't play in the, in the final um, friendly before this. Messi... Struggling training apart from his colleagues, Cristian Romero, uh, some really key players um, who were apparently racing against time to, to get into the World Cup. And it almost feels looking at, you know, um, the coach Lionel Scaloni's uh, uh, first team, which was pretty much his first choice team, which we'd had if he had all of his players available. And you do wonder if there was this kind of feeling that he was taking Saudi Arabia at lightly thinking, oh, I've got a few players at 70, 80%, but it's Saudi Arabia. I think we got 
they should be able to get um, get through it. And you know, and racking up the match practice, having a bit of uh, having a few minutes is going to be more valuable to these guys who are on the fence than than the extra rests. Uh, perhaps that was on his mind. And, and if it was, you know, it's backfired very badly because um, Romero especially just didn't look his usual self um, no. at all in the game. And, I thought, know, he, I thought he looked off. ring rusty. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Tottenham fan, Dan, and I, he's, he's barely mm. played. He's had muscle fatigue for about, he's missed about six games. And um, I just thought he looked ring rusty. And I thought maybe he should have played a bit more club football going into the tournament. I mean, I'm, look, <laughs> he, may have, he may have a real injury. I think there's a feeling among Tottenham fans mm. is that, he was saving himself for the World Cup, but they look, he did look a bit ring rusty. And he, I don't know if he went off through injury or he went off because he wasn't playing particularly well. I'd be inclined to say the latter because it's probably the worst game he's had so far for Argentina. He's been so good, you know, all through the Copa America where he, uh, last year, where he just came in and marshaled that defense, really dragged it together after a lot of years of, of really not having great defenses for Argentina. But what we saw, uh, Today, earlier today, was really a kind of a regression to the mean. Um, these sloppy goals, just mm. throwing away possession um, in your own half and and letting your your op- opposition get to you, um, get behind you. Uh, it really wasn't good to see. And I think um, if he came off, it probably had to do with fitness, but because he clearly wasn't fit and he clearly wasn't informed. So that was one choice for Argentina, which just didn't pan out. And especially, you know, with someone like Lisandro Martinez, who has been so good and so informed, just like clicking his heels on the bench, you wonder just why, why was he not on the pitch? Uh, it's yeah. one of the things we're going to have to look at before, before the next game on Saturday. Yeah. And finally, the uh, the coach, uh, Tim Vickery, also likes to tell us he was a former taxi driver because he played for West Ham, didn't he, over here? Yeah. He's been lauded because they've been on this 35-game run. But now, does he come under pressure or has he got a sort of enough credit in the bank? I think he's got a fair bit of credit in the bank, obviously. He's the guy that brought major silverware, the Copa America, back to Argentina after almost 30 years. He's the one who really put together this 36-game winning uh, unbeaten streak, which no one, of course, uh, probably foresaw um, coming to an end against Saudi Arabia. Uh, but it, I think it did expose some of the nagging doubts we've had about Scaloni, because I've said it from the start, Scaloni's strength and what he's done these last three years is really work on the, the personal side of um, coaching, you know, bringing this team together, motivating them, making them click. And in that sense, he's been really well but I think tactically you can't say he's um he's an elite tactician uh, an elite strategist and he really got shown up today by a very wily old fox in Renard, who, who I think put together an absolute masterclass knew that he had to pressure Argentina in the midfield and if he just you know as we might have expected pegged Saudi Arabia back on their own penalty area they were going to get run over he didn't he took the game to him just made sure Paredes, Depol, Messi, these guys were so important, just didn't have room, didn't have time to function. And then at the second half, again, rack, um, pushed it up a notch even further and was reward, rewarded with the two goals. It was really a tactical masterstroke by, by Renard, but one that Scaloni didn't respond to. Um, and he's very rarely been, been down on you know, on the losing end of a game hmm. as Argentina coach. And we don't know if he has the tools, if he has the know-how to reverse a losing situation. And 
to see this probably doesn't um, suggest you're going to get any miracles from him uh, when he's on the bench. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you. Appreciate you joining us. I think, look, I mean, looking at the rest of the group, looking at Poland and Mexico tonight, I, you know, you'd still imagine Argentina will come through, but if they don't win the group, that that will make it very interesting. And I think everybody's worked out the way the draw is going to pan out. But mm -hmm. uh, if Argentina don't win the group, that will be interesting. But Dan, for now, hopefully we'll catch up with you later in the tournament. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Sam Edwards there over in uh, Buenos Aires. And uh, we we're just saying there that we feel like Argentina will make their way through the group, whether they win it or not. But um, we did have a look uh, at the other teams in the group uh, earlier on. And um, it just so happens that our uh, good friend Jeff Peters, Philbert the Fox, of course, a regular voice on TalkSport and official uh, score in the birthday spread, is in Mexico and was able to watch the Mexico-Poland game with the locals so we can cross their live now and catch up with jeff hi jeff i'm in the mexican nerve center <laughs> you, are, oh, you are that phone the, the phone still rings <laughs> should have got the concierge to ring yeah you. so i mean it's, i was gonna say it's you know it's interesting being here i mean i'm you know i generally come here sort of november january time so you, there's never like a major tournament on, so you don't necessarily see too many people around wearing um, football shirts. But certainly the last few days, it's been pre uh, prevalent, particularly obviously Mexico and Argentina today, because mm. uh, the resort that I'm in in Cancun, they, um, you know, you do get quite a few people from South America because of the time difference. So I got up this morning at, I don't know, my alarm went off about quarter to eight, and I, I, I checked my phone, uh, and it was like what Argentina have lost um, <laughs> so I went went down to the, the the restaurant to get a get a coffee and there were a few Argentina shirts so they'd obviously been up early and watching the game 
You'll never guess what name they had on the back of their shirt. <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I just sort of said to a couple, oh, just, por qué, como, you know, yeah. why, how? And they, there was just kind of a shrug of the, um, the shoulders. And, I, I, yeah, just sheer disbelief. And then the game, the Mexico game, kicked off at uh, 10 o'clock local time. Um, and lots of people in the bar, in the Mexico shirts, never seen really seen people wearing them before the the staff were wearing them as well mm. um just getting into it and just obviously you know that it's just you know when you watch a football match your team you're surrounded by your fans whether it's Chelsea or Spurs or Torquay if you're watching in a pub and everybody the, the oohs and the, the ahs and yeah yeah uh, oh it's a penalty and it's oh and it oh it's a brilliant and yeah so there was there was all that kind of uh roller coaster that's good. So did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've watched bits of the, um, uh, the the World Cup here. I was I was passing the bar when the opening ceremony ceremony was on, but I couldn't really quite work out what was going on because I'm learning Spanish, but I couldn't really understand um, what was going on. Um, at least I couldn't hear any lecturing on you know morals from uh, from any of the TV com- companies because uh, I couldn't understand what they were saying. I don't think there's any ex Mexican players called Gary. Um, and then when the England game was on, we were watching that in the bar. They're quite there woke was... in Mexico, I gather. <laughs> there was um, there was literally like three Canadians and there were two English women in their 20s and just me and we were just watching the uh, the England game. Funnily, actually, when the Wales game was on, I, mm. I popped outside and it was 1-0 um, and an uh, American chap came back in and it was 1-1. I said, what happened? And he said, PK. And I said, I, I, I said, I think... Gerald plays for Spain. And he went, no, 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 it's a PK. They scored from a PK. Oh, well, like, oh right. PK. <laughs> That's, <very nice. laughs> That's good. Have PK. you have you been recognised as the nerve centre expert and analysis of uh, the birthday spread? What, in Cancun? Well, I mean, you never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> not, Jeff. Somebody did say I look like Zinedine Zidane. Well, that's um, good I mean, I, I think I look more like... You Bolton sure they just weren't telling you to sit down? <laughs> well, <laughs> No, I said quite, sit down. <laughs> it, it is quite possible. Obviously, I'm here trying to sell the birthday spread um, yeah. to... The uh, format to uh, Mexican telly. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I keep hearing, I keep hearing, no gracias. No there you gracias. Oh, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> so when the and pen... When, I, when Poland got the pen, the, the PK... Uh, Jeff, I mean, what was the mood like in the bar? Were they all, it was like, oh no, I mean, Achara saved it, you know, the star he is. Great but, uh, save, I thought. Martin Keown really underplayed it. It's a poor penalty, but he wasn't. It was, it was low and hard, and he yeah. died. Yeah, I thought it was a good save. Made the good call. So yeah, what was it like then when uh, they got the pen? Do you know what? It's how football has changed now in terms of you know with with VAR and celebrating decisions and, and what have you. So there was that celebration that the, the penalty had been saved, but then there's always that just intake of breath as to was the goalkeeper off the line? Is yeah. it have to be taken and that kind of thing? Um, and then it continues. And, you know, and, and when goals are chalked off, um, I've probably mentioned this before. I'm sorry to bring this up, Andy, but, you know, in the FA Cup final, when Chelsea equalised mm. um, and everybody's going crazy, then suddenly VAR rules it out. And suddenly the Leicester fact it's like they scored another goal. Yeah. So it was that sharp intake of breath when the penalty was uh, was saved. But um, yeah, and obviously then when the game continued, um, they, 
you know, they were obviously happy that they'd, they'd not been beaten in this game. And actually in the bar, they've got one of these massive, you know, like have wall charts. Mm. Um, they've got this absolutely humongous one that they're filling in with all the with all the scores. So people are definitely interested in it over here. As you can imagine, yeah. Mexico being, being one of the teams involved. Yeah. And you're going to be there for the next England game on Friday. Finally, you're going to be... You're no, no, I'm, fly, I'm fly, flying back tomorrow. Okay. So I'll be back into the UK on Thursday. So it's fr it's Friday night, is it, the next... Yeah, um, seven o'clock, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's so confusing because you're in the middle of November hmm. and we're talking about a World Cup. Um, obviously, you know, it's been been debated greatly. So you're still trying to work out. And, and I'm going to Burton on Sunday for an <laughs> FA Cup second round match. Wow. Yeah, well, oh, man. Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, but it's 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 been brilliant watching it out here and, and yeah. just being around people and and talking, you know, talking football and trying to learn a bit more Spanish. Well, Jeff, we've got a couple of weeks off the birthday spread, and um, so we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Safe journey home. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Always a pleasure. Take care, guys. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Jeff. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. Jeff Peters there over in Mexico. Our thanks to him. And it's been another contentious day uh, around the officials. And we've been finding out a little bit more about why we're seeing so much uh, injury time. You know, Jonathan Pearson commentary say uh, the end of the first half in the France-Australia game was a full 90 minutes. It got up to 90 minutes of injury time in the tournament. So far, what was what eight games in? Value so for money, I suppose. But um, yeah, Dale Johnson, as Mr. VAR, or make mm. from ESPN, um, tweeted out some comments that Kalina made a little while ago. He said, in a match, there are on average nine minutes lost on throw-ins, almost the same for goal kicks. They're part of the game, and even if players would speed up the throw-in and the goal kicks, some time would be wasted. And we've told everybody, don't be surprised as you'll see the fourth official raising the electronic ball with a big number on it, a six, a seven, and eight minutes. So they did kind of pre-warn this was likely to go on. And mm. they're the sort of criteria they're looking at, substitutions, people going off the pitch. That sort of on it's the a good way of getting rid of time wasting. You have to say that, but it's going to play havoc with people's arrangements. And, you know, George will go and beat the traffic and miss 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> you know, it's a, it will play havoc with people's... Uh, Thing, but it's probably a good thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, they've been saying like goal celebrations, they're, they're almost chalking off a minute, a minute and a half every time a goal is scored for the goal celebration. So they're immediate. So if you celebrate the goal, you know that, you know, minute, two minutes, if you take too long, is going to go straight onto the clock. So it it's taking a bit of getting used to, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's weird. And if you're winning, I imagine, I mean, if we got England in a tight game and yeah, we're yeah, counting down the oh, minutes yeah, or Wales, and then suddenly we see the old ball go up and it's got 10 minutes. You think, where did 10 minutes come? Depends if you're chasing the game or you're winning the game. That's true. And I did notice today, though, I don't know if it was a comment, I think which referee was it? It was in the uh, Saudi Arabia game. That's right. I don't know whether it was a comment on the ref's performance, but while he was waiting for VAR, two flies landed on him. It was really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. <laughs> That was good. And yeah. uh, I we had a referee overall decision, didn't we? Oh, that was good. I mean, yeah, that was quite. I mean, to look, I didn't think it was a penalty either. I thought, you know, the guy was pretty unlucky. It hit both arms, but neither were deliberate. So uh, it was quite bold of the probably referee. On his, probably on his way home. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were saying, yes. I mean, what we saw today for the, uh, the penalty in the Argentina game, 
um, which was so much softer than the Maguire one. They clearly got their backsides kicked, didn't they? The officials who did the England game. And they, I wouldn't mind Kalina phoned them on the old bat phone and said, <laughs> what, what's, what are you lot doing? That was a penalty. Didn't we not talk about that kind yeah. of manhandling? So you get one with which was far, you know, far yeah. less of a, no, a foul a, than the one on Maguire. We, we all know it was a penalty yesterday, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, and uh, I did. I did talk yesterday about uh, Moose's ability to get the old scores up quicker than mm. anybody else on Twitter on my timeline. Uh, but <laughs> very novel, terrible cliche Twitter graphic that said basically the score was Eiffel Tower four, Sydney Opera House one. Oh, okay. Is that what the Moose did? <laughs> yeah, but it was like a picture. It was Eiffel Tower. No, no yeah. other words. Yeah. One, Sydney Opera House graphic. Four, know. Sydney Opera House graphic one. Yeah, I mean, what's right? I think that's quite clever. I mean, oh, you know, God. <laughs> relatively speaking, well, is it? What's the well, point? I mean, you know, it's not going to win any prizes. <laughs> yeah. but it's better than just putting four one, isn't it? Well, he could have put. So what could he have put? He could have put Gerard Depardieu four. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Bounce oh, one. That reminds me. I nearly forgot something very important. Yeah. Yes, that's a challenge for you actually, because I was thinking when uh, Olivier Giroud. Yeah. got his 50th goal and it was with his right foot and i thought he doesn't get many with his right i thought basically he is the french trevor brooking yes you know? I, thought, I, I practiced before i just can't get it i should try and do a french trevor brooking oh, well you know uh, in french but i'm not sure yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? that takes some work to it's do really the trevor brooking game in french <laughs> i think we are we may be pushing our luck there, so. but well done to him Yes, indeed. Uh, it's just one more for the record, which he's going to break, uh, isn't he? He's going to break Henri's record, you would think, at the tournament. So, well, I think that's that's, that's just it. about us, isn't it? I mean, yes. can you, unless there's anything else no. uh, you really <laughs> want to talk about. Um, I think we we'll, covered it all. I think we'll talk a bit. I mean, the refereeing is going to be pretty uh, pretty front and centre throughout, so we're bound to come uh, back to that, you would think, during yeah. the tournament. Oh, John's just signaled to me. He wants us to do another 10 minutes. Another oh, 10 minutes in added time. Oh, of course. That's right. The producer says. That's right. We just, uh, yeah. We went, Andy, and he went back to the kitchen in the wrong direction. Added two minutes on. Of course not. Okay, well, that's us. Uh, we'll recon... I'll tell you what, we should maybe look at tomorrow and I'll, I'll set you up for tomorrow, kind of, the, the delights oh, yeah. of the matches tomorrow. Um, 10 o'clock in the morning, Morocco versus Croatia, yeah? <laughs> Sorry. What are you laughing at? I'm not watching that. Okay, fair enough. For goodness sake. And then the first sight, the Germans. Germany, Japan, that's the one o'clock game. That could be quite an entertaining game. I, yeah, I can yeah, see. yeah. Japan plays some nice stuff, don't they? They do, yeah. And then you've got to look at Spain against Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah, that'll yeah. be good. Yeah. And then in the evening, like yes. Belgium versus Canada. Well, I fancy a bit of that because I think this this has got to be the last chance for Belgium's golden generation. So, Indeed. so uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be. Uh, I think we've got a Canadian guest joining us tomorrow to chat about that and see how they get on in their first game under uh, a, a British manager. So uh, that is us. We'll uh, reconvene uh, tomorrow and um, pour over the four games and all the big talking points uh, from them. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, uh, anything you want to talk about, any questions you have, at T-S-H-N-J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J on uh, Twitter. But for now, from uh, me and Andy, thanks for listening. TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. Sport. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 